now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Episode 70 of The Awakened Soul, and I am your pusher bringing to you the best drug known to man, and that is The Awakened Soul, the best podcast around, period, point blank. If you got a problem with it, you know where to find me. But we have uh, a crazy show planned for you guys today. No unpopular opinion from Shanice. Hopefully that's back next week, but we do have Scoop Grady with the petty news. We also have the In the Mind of Hay segment that we have every week because, you know, I got a lot of crazy stuff going on up there. Uh, we also have Stupid Idiots of the Week returning. I have a lot of fun with that one this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But the discussion topic, the the main portion of this show this week actually uh, comes from my old stopping grounds in St. Louis. Um, so, you know, I still have a lot of a lot of listeners in St. Louis and uh, the, the, you're going to get a lot out of it. Even if you don't live in St. Louis, we actually we're going to talk about the jail system there. I guess I'm getting my black law and legal eyes on a little bit. Um, just a little bit, but not really, because I do it from a completely different standpoint. Um, by the way, shout out to Dan on drugs. Shout out to Black Law and Legal Lies, uh, one of my favorite podcasts out there. But you know that that's that's enough. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to get off my chest before we start the actual show. Really don't have much. It's all it's all going to be in the show itself. So we're going to go ahead and cut out this opening. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, it's time to step into my dark twisted mind that's the in the mind of hay segment i will see you beautiful people there I would be remiss if I did not start this off by talking about the Habib Conor McGregor fight. Um, Conor McGregor did tap out in round four, I believe, in what was probably one of the most hype fights in recent UFC history. Um, I personally, uh, I thought Conor would win this one because I'm just I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan, to be 100 percent honest. But Habib is like he did his thing. And I think that he has a bright future. Will he ever be the face of UFC? I mean, that remains to be seen. I think he has a very, very long career ahead of him. Uh, I hope that we get a rematch between him and Conor McGregor. But what everyone's talking about is the brawl after the fact. And what does that mean for UFC? Me personally, um, as someone who is a wrestling fan, it just it's 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 funny how much 
UFC is really turning into like a real life version of the WWE. When you get things like that after the fight, um, is there a place for it? Is it disrespectful to the sport? I mean, the thing is, you have to realize with all people um, is that this is they're fighting. These are men and women who fight. It's a lot of pride involved in that. It's a lot of shit talking involved in that. And while, yes, a lot of it is for the promotion of the fight. A lot of the, the that feeling and emotion is real. And when you look at everything Conor McGregor did leading up to this fight, you knew that it was going to be heated. Now, I would have never expected that madness to break out after a fight in the UFC. Um, but it it's I won't say that there's a place for it necessarily. Like, sh- should it happen? No, but I'm not surprised when it does. And if anything, it adds to the passion of the sport for me. Um so I, I I don't I don't hate it um as much as as some people do but you know that's that's just me my my love for MMA has grown so much over like the last two years and um a lot of that is due to uh Colin Wysong, aka the Wrestling Redneck who is just like he's a, a wealth of knowledge in the MMA world and so uh me being around him has definitely taught me a lot more about the sport and the history of it and listening to uh he had a podcast he cage town which is not officially done but you know i hope he brings it back i think that uh it's something that a lot of people do need and as the sport of mma is getting more and more popular and just growing to the heights it is i think a podcast like that's needed so redneck only because i know you're probably listening uh, definitely bring back that podcast, but you know, I, I just wanted to get my thoughts about the fight itself out there. It's, um, I, I want to see it again. I want to see these two men fight again. I, I, I want to, to see, you know, McGregor, you, you get a lot of conversation now. Um, well, let me not say a lot. It's only been a couple of days since the fight, but it, is, is he as big of a star? Is, is he, is he going to fade away? Is he going to go away now? And I don't think so. Conor McGregor still has quite a, a, a well, hopefully a, a few years left fighting at a high level. Um, but you never know with fighters, like sometimes like with Ronda Rousey, you saw how quickly her career turned. And so the same thing could be said for McGregor as well. You know, you, some people are making fun and saying, well, he lost two. listen, the boxing fight with Floyd May- Mayweather, McGregor was never going to win that. He was never going to win a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather. And I don't think that that necessarily affects his star power in MMA. But if he has more losses like this, it definitely is. Uh, so we'll see what we get announced or uh, what's next for Conor McGregor and Habib. I, I just I, I like both these guys. And Habib is is proven now. Well, he's been proven um, that he's a force to be reckoned with. And so the drama I can take. I, I I personally I don't I don't mind that at all. But for those that don't, I completely understand that as well. But I definitely wanted to start off talking about that. But now we have to get into someone who just appears on both this podcast and the Breaks Radio quite a bit. Um, but this time we're gonna actually talk about Pete Davidson and his uh his thoughts and what he did on this most recent episode of SNL talking about the uh Kanye incident. So I'm gonna pr- play a clip or a couple of clips from that. And then I'm going to come back and we are going to discuss uh, a little bit more about Kanye and SNL. Last week, last week, Kanye West performed on the show and afterwards he gave an unplanned speech to the audience in support of Donald Trump. Here with his reaction to Kanye's speech is Pete Davidson. Well, first off, uh, 
first off, uh, a lot of people thought Che should be the one to talk about Kanye, but we discussed it, you know, because Che's black, but like I'm crazy, and we both know <laughs> which side of Kanye is at the wheel right now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> uh, so, speaking strictly for myself, uh, what Kanye said after he we went off the air last week was one of the worst, like, most awkward things I've ever seen here. And I've seen Chevy Chase speak to an intern. <laughs> and we all had to stand behind him. And, and here's what it looked like. So, like, me. I'm, like, on the left. I'm, like, oh, God. <laughs> and then I'm, like, I want a career, so I leave. <laughs> uh, so, uh, necessary. Um, so Kanye was wearing a MAGA hat. Uh, that's what it's called. It's stupid. Uh, yeah. And he started by saying people backstage tried to bully him into not wearing it. He wore it all week. Uh, like, nobody told him not to wear it. Like, I wish I bullied you. I wish I would have suggested that, you know, it might upset some people, like your wife or every black person ever, you know? I wish someone bullied me into not wearing this hat. Can you imagine that that T-shirt was the second stupidest thing I was wearing? <laughs> then Kanye said that Democrats broke up black families with welfare, and that's slavery is not real. Um, do you know how wrong about politics you have to be for like me to notice? <laughs> you know how annoying that is. Like Kanye is a genius, but like a musical genius. You know, like Joey Chestnut is a hot dog eating genius. You know, but I don't want to hear Joey Chestnut's opinion about things that aren't hot dog related. All right, so that was Pete Davidson and his thoughts on the Kanye West debacle at the end of last week's episode of Saturday Night Live. Um, Kenan Thompson, who also, uh, he was on uh, late night with Seth, Seth Myers and <laughs> mentioned that it was the, the, the weirdest moment, uh, since he's been on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, people will say what they will about Kanye. Um, and I've said this and, and this is honestly, unless just something crazy comes out, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my last time addressing anything to do with Kanye and specifically his Trump support because I think people need to just get over it. I quite honestly don't understand the betrayal, the feelings of betrayal that people feel because he supports Donald Trump. Like, I mean, it's, it's politics. He can support who the fuck he wants. So just because he's black does not mean he needs to support it. Even though a lot of us can all say and, and feel that he's confused again, I'm not saying that I agree with his Trump support, but I'm not shocked by it. Like it, it it's, it's, it, it, Kanye's always been, um, well, label him as a free thinker. I think it's he's always been controversial in, in some senses. And the fact now that he just happens to be on the opposite side of the popular black opinion with his uh, controversy. I don't I don't get why so many people are feel, feeling so offended by it. Like it, it's Kanye. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, get over it, people. Like I said before, I think that was even last week's show. Like just get over it. How about instead of us focusing so much on Kanye and why he's confused and all this other stuff about like 
it's a lost cause. Like Kanye is going to support who he wants to support. Clearly, he has established that his Trump support is real. That's where his political leanings are. And that is going to continue. So let's get over it and let's do what we can to continue to fight out against oppression and anything else. Like get out there and educate people so they can vote. How about let's just do that, man. I'm, I'm so, I'm just so over the whole Kanye hate speak and, and the confusion and the, such the feelings of betrayal. Listen, Kanye West has, as I said, has always, always been someone who has been controversial. And I think that so many people want him to have their opinion and you can never, you can never assume or try to force someone into your way of thinking. No matter if you feel your way of thinking is right or the other way of thinking is wrong, you can never force somebody into your way of thinking. Believe me, any information that you have, anything that you can try to share, anything that you Kanye knows, Kanye, he's not he's contrary to popular opinion. Kanye is not an idiot. He's not stupid. So he knows he knows exactly what he's doing. He's made his decision. He's made his bed and he's going to lie in it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um. And again, his political leanings are separate from the slavery was a choice comments. At least I have learned to separate them. They're not one of uh, in the same because they're you can. Nonetheless, I'm not going to break it all down, but I think that it, it was so much that all went into like one small time frame with Kanye that everyone has kind of lumped it all together. And you guys have to learn to separate it. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. And at the end of the day, trying to force someone to think anything is wrong. Um, let's educate our people against it. If you if you think like many of us do that Kanye is is batshit crazy, okay, that's fine. Kanye is a lost cause. Educate a young person around you so you can prepare them for the alleged for the uh, election. Talk to them about what's going on in, in our political climate. Show them what politicians. Politics and, and everything that you agree with and explain to them why you agree with it and then see if they feel the same way. But let's, let's, let's get off just focusing on Kanye. Let's do it. I'm, I'm just, I'm utterly tired of the Kanye discussion. I'm really am. So again, musically, I'll talk about Kanye if anything comes out. But as far as the, the, the Trump support itself, I'm done talking, talking about it. Um, let's get back to the, to the specific SNL rant. So with the, um, Saturday Night Live rant. You know, it 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 sucks to be put in a position like that because I, you know, the actors and and the the talent of Saturday Night Live, uh, to be put in that situation it sucks. Just period point blanks. It sucks. It, it's it it's terrible for them professionally, uh, to be kind of forced to sit there while someone goes through a rant like that. And I think I want to. That's the conversation I would like to have coming out of this. So let me know what you guys think about this. I I just, I'm just not interested in the in the Trump Kanye support the Kanye Trump support anymore. I'm just not, I'm just, it's over with it. it, It's, it's dead. It's a dead issue to me. So that's just my, my thoughts on it. All right, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. We're going to mix things up because we don't have the unpopular opinion this week. We're actually going to go right into the petty news from Scoop Grady. And after that, I'll get into the stupid idiots of the week. I'll look forward to seeing you guys there. Peace. Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is Scoop Grady once again with the Petty News Report. And we got so much to talk about. But first, let me please give it up. I got my guest, my co-host from the Inside Scoop. That's right, y'all. AB is on this segment with me right now. What's going on, AB? Hey, man, what's going on, man? You know, 
man thank you for doing this segment with me um it is about to get ugly real ugly because you never know what ab is gonna say so we showed the don'ts okay let's get right into it then <laughs> let's go mrs trump responds to backlash for wearing a colonial hat on an african safari and stated focus on what i do not what i wear do anybody know what in the world do she do not a damn thing i'm not mistaken isn't she like a playboy models and shit like that in her former life yes but i have no clue on what she do but this is not the first time that she has been taking a little backlash for wearing something that's been turned into like disrespectful and things you know so uh mrs trump maybe you should just wear stuff out of rainbow or somewhere uh, gen x let's, uh, let's stick uh, to that uh, or clara's or some shit you know shop at target because yo uh you know f- just fire your uh fashion expert because it's not working out you remember, you remember fashion girls back in the day i don't no. Okay. shop hey, at fashion girls back then. yeah shit. shop that shop there or something yeah i don't understand next cat williams has been arrested for alleged assault in oregon everybody and this is why i said that Kevin is the reason why I'm no, no. You remember what he said? 19, 19 arrests. 19 arrests and no convictions. And no convictions? Huh. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. It could, okay. It, it could be because they'll let 13 year old pieces ass up. Man, I don't know what it is, but according to county sheriff, and his bail has been set 2500 A cat. Why are you still getting arrested? Man, you are too old and you are. Did you see the mugshot picture? I did. It did. It looked like he ain't eight in days. Like, pimping is little old pimping. <laughs> <laughs> that dude forehead big as hell. Dude, I don't understand. I mean, what do you say? He got a 19-inch perm or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tragic. Perm, it's that, really tragic. That perm taking all that little around. The perm is leaving. He about to be bald-headed. He about to have a bald-headed Cat Williams real soon. Right, with a Hulk Hogan mustache. Oh, wow. <laughs> Next. Oh, my God. This is going to hit everybody. Pooch Hall has been arrested Wednesday night for a DUI and felony child endangerment. The nigga should have been in the game. Now, if y'all don't know who Pooch Hall is, he is Derwin Davis in the TV show on BT The Game. He ain't been the same since he broke that league. Dude, I ain't heard Pooch Hall name in a long, long time, y'all. Somehow, you guys stay in them social media. With no injuries reported, Pooch was under the influence with a .25 blood alcohol level. The L.A. County Department of Children and Family Services opened an investigation investigations into the case. Man, you know why don't? Why he has a two-year-old son or something like that? You gotta teach him early, man. You, you know, teach him you early. know, Bow Wow was driving on like Mike when dude took the wrong pills. You gotta teach him Is that early. one of them situations? That's one of them situations, man. Man, nah, Pooch Hall, man. I just, man, I cannot believe this. You know, this sucks when you gotta open an investigation, include your kids, especially you under influence. You know, but. Uh, you know you still in the spotlight. You still a celebrity now. Like you need to nah, lay low. No, nah, low key he ain't. But okay, <laughs> he's not. Futal will ever be Darwin Davis. Darwin Davis, <laughs> the game. Hey, he came to St. Louis a couple times. You know, shout out to him. But definitely stay out of trouble, man. It's especially when it involves your kid. Now you're at risk. Or is there so much going on? You got to be careful, man. You just got to be careful. And then that is all we have for today. So I'm gonna leave you guys with the question of the week. If you are driving in the car with your girlfriend and your mother, who is sitting in the front seat with you, your mother or your girlfriend? Please comment, leave uh, your answers there, and we will talk about it on the very next show. AB, first, I'm going to ask you, who sits in the front? My mother. Okay, your mother sits in the front. I'm going to be honest. But. Oh, there's a but? I'm not getting no but for my mama, so my girlfriend sits in the front because I got to go to bed with her at night. Wow. 
Okay. Right. That is AB uh, answer. I was going to state that I'm not even going to drive. I was going to let the girlfriend and the mother sit in the front and I sit in the back just so we all are happy. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Petty News. Make sure y'all continue to follow the Awakened Soul podcast and y'all be cool and never be fake. All right. So that was Scoop Grady and AB with the Petty News Shout out to AB, man. AB is hilarious. Anyone who does not listen to the Inside Scoop, man, the last episode, I swear, like, AB was on one the whole entire episode. I love those fellas, man. I was glad that they uh, were both able to do the segment. Scoop, man, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> nah, man, Scoop's been delivering some great content each and every week, man, since he joined the Awakened Soul, one of my favorite segments. Uh, hats off to Scoop for all the work that he does, man. Um we're going to go ahead and now we're going to transition into the stupid idiot of the week. And so we're going to get to our music for that. And I will see you guys on the other side for you guys already know really bad idiots. <laughs> So for our first stupid idiot of this week, we are headed to Detroit, Michigan, where a woman came home on Saturday to find dog feces rubbed all over her door. The homeowner, Joy Edwards, said she was confused at the fact of who would do that to her door, went back and looked over her security cameras and found her neighbor, Brenda Mullins, on video rubbing dog feces across uh, her neighbor's door. When questioned as to why she would do such a thing, she responded with her neighbor's dog pooped in her yard and she felt the appropriate escalation was to pick up said poop and rub it on her neighbor's door, the owner of the dog. Um, And while this is not as big of an offense as some of our stupid idiots, the fact that both of these women are 50 plus years old and this was an appropriate escalation, they felt. I'm sorry, um, ma'am, Miss Mullins, uh, because I will be respectful, but you are definitely one of the stupid idiots of the week. So we're going to head right along. We're going to go right into the next stupidity of the week. And this time we are going down to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where a 22 year old college age student um, was at a convenience store to buy Sour Patch Kids candy. And the store clerk wanted him to leave the store because she was worried about him stealing. He had purchased the Sour Patch Kids candy because he wanted to eat it there and then went back and looked at some other stuff in the store. She felt that he could be um, stealing when asked to leave. uh, She then called the police and said that he was arrogant because he's black. Yes, we're just going to let that sit. Um, Yes. So for this clerk, uh, for racial profiling, and because apparently you think that all black people are just arrogant because we're black, you are definitely the... You disrespectful, stupid idiot. ...of the week. And so we have to go to our very last stupid idiot of this week. And this one goes to a Domino's worker. I actually don't have the location on this one. Uh, The Domino's worker in this case decided uh, they got an order and due to the sound of the person's voice, um, decided uh, they didn't catch their name. So they decided on their ticket to write nigga. 
on their ticket. Um, when this client, client, when this customer came and picked up their pizza, they immediately saw that their receipt reflected nigga as their name and reported it to the manager. The manager then at that time initially laughed at the incident um, before any type of action was made on this employee. So Domino's as a whole, this specific store, you definitely are one of the stupid idiots of the week. And to all of our stupid idiots of the week. I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. All right. So we're going uh, to take another brief break. And when we come back this time, we are actually going to get into our discussion topic of the day, which, as I said at the top of the show, is actually uh, based and coming from uh, my own stopping grounds of St. Louis. So it, it you can all get information out of it. But the ones who are in St. Louis, especially who uh, are going to know about this once I start talking about it, definitely going to get a little something extra out of it. I really look forward to this. So we're going to talk about that right after this discussion topic today i know i teased it early on we're actually going to be talking about the st louis workhouse now for those that are outside of st louis you may be asking what that is now that is a um jail in st louis which is actually set up as a civil war prison camp so it's been around that long for anyone who's in st louis i know you guys have probably heard of the infamous workhouse and it's typically now used to hold prisoners that are awaiting trial who, who don't have money for bail. Um, so most of the people who are actually in the workhouse have not actually been convicted of any crimes yet um, or charged necessarily. They just don't have the money to pay for bail. Now, this is only state crimes. Um, and so in St. Louis, and this is one part of the bigger problem in St. Louis, only 4% of people charged with state crime are actually released. And that's compared to 60% of people who are charged in state crimes in a state like New York are released. And 
85% in in Washington DC that are released for state crimes and that is part of this issue. There's actually right now a movement going around uh to get this workhouse closed down for numerous reasons. So um of the people that are held there 95% have actually not stood trial yet. The average stay in the St. Louis workhouse is 291 days, which is 10 months. That's 100 days longer than the national average for similar for similar crimes. The living conditions in the St. Louis workhouse um, are as bad to the point to where there are holes in the roof, which leak during the rain, um, which is just a completely unhealthy situation to live in. And I understand that these are criminals, like I said, who have yet to be convicted or stand trial. Um, so, and also there was actually a lawsuit in 2013, I believe, um, where the jail guards were found to have been putting the inmates in gladiator style fights and actually betting on them. Um, so that speaks to the, also the brutal treatment that this, uh, that goes on in, in the St. Louis workhouse. And so, um, Outside of the living conditions, as I said before, the uh, inmates are basically sitting in the jail because they can't afford bail. Um, and so part of this movement to get the, the workhouse closed down um, are due to the conditions that we just spoke about, as well as, as I said, when you compare it to the national average of similar crimes, how long these inmates are held in. When you when you combine all that together, you get a situation which is is inhumane, in my opinion, personally. And so also in 2009, it was found that abuse was rampant, overcrowding, negligence and um, and assaults by staff members upon the inmates held in the St. Louis workhouse. And so with this movement being like I said, this has started for quite a while Um a spokesperson for the St. Louis mayor actually said that the population of the workhouse has dropped 12% in the last year. But this movement to get the, the workhouse closed, what they're basically saying is that while population is one thing and also cosmetic changes made to the prison, it doesn't really solve the bigger issue here. Um, and that is that it's well past reform as far as in the prison itself. And it's taking a look at, at the St. Louis system in which um, basically holds it against people for being poor and is way more harsh than other major cities across the United States. It takes $16 million annually to run this workhouse. And when you combine everything that we just talked about, the living conditions, the overcrowded populations, you ask yourself, where is the $16 million being put? And of course, the... um it, it does take upkeep, even though the, 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 the prison actually has holes in the roof, but as well as staffing and everything there. But the, the point that's being made here is could that $16 million go towards make, making and creating safer places for the inmates if that's the focus? Um, and again, there's, there's I want to make it clear. There are two different issues going on here. There's the issue of the system in St. Louis. Um, the not, not really cor corrupt, but the unjust system and the harshness of, of how people are jailed in St. Louis, um, because of, of poverty. And then there's also the living conditions in the workhouse. So it's the, if we're not going to change 
the criteria for people being jailed um, for these these crimes, these state crimes. OK, fine. If that if that can't be changed now, if that's going to take longer to get reformed. Then let's at least put these prisoners in a safer and more healthier environment. Um, and this is something that for me personally, um, without getting into too much detail, it's definitely something that once I heard and I saw and I read up a, about it, it, it matters to me and it touches me because I actually had a friend, a very close friend that was in this workhouse. Uh, I think he was there for three or four months. I don't remember exactly. Um, and I won't get into the reason he was in there, but it was basically due. He couldn't even afford a lawyer and the crime that he was actually um, accused of. <laughs> he couldn't get a public defender for it either. It was a very minor, minor crime. Like I said, I won't get into the details uh, because he's not here. And if I was going to get into that, I would, I would like him to be here. But so reading up on this, also knowing someone who was in that condition and talked about how much he had to just kind of keep his head down and deal with these situations, it 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 makes you think. Um, and like I said, I at the top, I know this is something that you would typically hear on Black Law and Legal Lies, and I don't have the legal knowledge or standpoint to really talk about the the convictions, the crimes, the charges. I don't have that, and I will admit that. Um. But as far as if we are going to, um, and th- like I said, in St. Louis, personally, anyone, I, I know anyone who lives in the city of St. Louis is hearing this and, and shaking their heads or clapping or whatever. And we've all probably known someone, we've all heard about the workhouse. We, nobody wants to end up in the workhouse. And the thing with this is, is that I, I personally didn't know just about the conditions, but when you hear about holes being in the roof. And so when it rains, these inmates are getting rained on many of them. It's inhumane to do this. And this is something that when I read that there's that there's actually a big campaign going forward in St. Louis to get this closed and people are protesting outside the workhouse. Again, I don't live in St. Louis. I've been out of St. Louis now for well over a year. And but once I saw this, like I have many ties still to St. Louis, many, many ties. I still have family in St. Louis. Um, It, it just you would think that we would be past this portion of it. And St. Louis is, is <laughs> been accused of being a draconian state um, or have a draconian system. And it makes you just think like what, and I, I know taxpayers, you know, you hear about a jail being built in these private prisons and all that. And you think, well, I don't really want that necessarily either, but you want people a, who have not been, convicted of any crimes again they haven't even stood trial amongst their peers to say hey this is what you did they're basically awaiting trial um you really feel for people in the in in the system who were caught up in this and this could be young men this could be old men um and so one of the suggestions that are being made by the activists here is that for the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office to authorize an automatic pretrial release for all detainees charged with misdemeanors and victimless crimes um, and poverty related offenses like petty theft. So when, when you when you hear about that, that that could be a step to kind of correct this. It could be a step to also take down some of the population that that's in the St. Louis workhouse. And if that's being done, then maybe you can work on other parts of the prison and have other parts shut down um are uninhabited while you work to fix some of the things that are going on here now that makes sense at least like i said for me of not having the the legal 
uh, knowledge to really talk to that portion of it. But when you, especially when you hear victimless crimes, when, when you have a victimless crime, I get, I get it. A crime is still a crime. Not saying they shouldn't be charged, not saying they shouldn't go, go to trial. But when you think about him being in a living situation like this, and I get it. I know some people who hear this will say, well, they're, they're criminals. You don't, you don't want them to be in the best living situation. Like what, what sense does that make? That's some of the stuff that you hear. But at the same time, it, no one deserves to be in an inhumane living situation. And so I want to know, like what it, for my listeners, especially those in St. Louis, anyone who has been in the workhouse, if you have been, Please, like I said, please, please, please. You guys know where you can find me. You can find me at the awakened soul pod at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at CEO Hayes. I really want to know. Um, this was just a subject that I really wanted to spend some time talking about, um, on this episode because it, 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 it's crazy. Just the period point down, especially when you hear the statistics about how people are charged are held in St. Louis versus the national averages. It just, it really raises some eyebrows. Um, again, uh, Dan from Black Law and Legal Lies, if you can, uh, get eyes on this from Ann or anything and, and you guys to talk about this as well. And from, from more of a legal standpoint, please do and let me know. Um, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to step off this. Uh, and then we're going to come back. We're, we have one more topic we're going to discuss before the end of the show. And then I'm going to go ahead and send you guys off along your merry way. Thank you so much for um, listening through this. Again, if you have anyone who's in the system, if you know anything, please reach out to me. I really, really want to continue this conversation. We will definitely check on this and I will be giving updates on this as they come out, probably in the in the mind of hay segment going forward. Um, if if nothing else comes out of it where I can get a, a lawyer or someone else to talk about it on, I'm going to be reaching out. I'm going to be sending those fillers out uh, using some of my connects in St. Louis and see what we can do as far as getting someone to talk about this a little bit more. But we're going to take a brief break, come back. We've got one more subject, and then that's going to be the end of this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. And one of the great things about being the chief of police of Biscayne Park is that we are truly a family here, a family who works together and is joined by one common cause, which is the protection of life and property for the residents of the village of Biscayne Park. For May, we have Detective Raul Fernandez. And before I let Raul sit down, I want to give you something that I'm also very proud of. This year, as we stand, we have a 100% clearance rate on burglary cases in the village of Biscayne Park. This is the first time that I've never, ever known that to happen in any department that I've ever been in. He's a great part of the reason. So that was Ray Atiziano, uh, former police chief in Biscayne Park in Florida, uh, bragging about the 100% uh, clearance rate in burglaries in the suburb of Miami, who admitted in federal court to um, framing uh, three suspects. Now, all three suspects were black. They do not suspect that race was a factor in in the case, don't believe that myself personally, but nonetheless, um, so the conviction carries up to 10 years in prison. Now, it was uh, said in the in the plea agreement, uh, he may be getting two to two and a half years uh, in federal prison for this. Um, so this is a, a case. And I, and I definitely wanted to talk about this because anyone who sits and says and there still are people who don't believe um, the issues of 
police framing uh, suspects. Um, again, even in this, they said that they don't believe race was a factor. Like I said, I personally think that that's complete and utter bullshit, but that's that's my personal feelings. As I said, what I try to do with the Awakened Souls, I present the facts. I talk about my personal feelings, but I'll let you guys decide how you feel about it on your own. But this whole situation, I hope, is goes into a step in making people aware that these conspiracies are real. Like, the, the, everyone's not just sitting with their tinfoil hats on saying, oh, the police are just framing people. The police are just making shit up. And like I said, we're just crazy or it's not true. It's not real. Th- th- this is very much real. These things happen. These things go on. And me, for one, I feel the two to two and a half years in prison uh, for for something that can carry up to 10 years is it bothers me. I'm not going to lie. It bothers me. Maybe from more of a legal standpoint, uh, people who have that knowledge may may agree with it more. But I, I think it's bullshit. I think that when you sit there and you take away anyone else's freedom, um, I don't care how long they were. I don't care if they were only these three men were only locked up for six months before it was detected. I don't give a fuck about that. When you take away any amount of time from somebody's life that wasn't just that you frame them, that they should have never been there. And that's proven. You should get the maximum, in my opinion, for what in whatever state, whatever federal law it is the max you should it should be an automatic mandatory maximum to me because you took away people from their family i don't I, these these men could have kids they could have had wives they had mothers fathers brothers sisters it doesn't matter they had family they had people that they love that they got taken away from they had jobs careers possibly things schooling things that they were working on that completely halted because you, because the people who are supposed to be protecting us, the ones that are supposed to be upholding the law, decided to frame them to boost their stats. And the one that was the mastermind behind it all, two to two and a half years, one of the men in, 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 in this case that was framed was deported to Haiti. Haiti. Come on now. Like, and, and, and it makes sense for someone who completely uprooted this young man's life. To get two and a half years in prison for that? Nah, like I, there's 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 no way in no situation you can get me to to think that that's just that that's the law really looking out for the little guy. I, I'm sorry, like and I and I come on this podcast and I am very respectful of law enforcement because they do have tough jobs to do. E- e- even in some of the more sensitive cases. I've tried to see the other side. I've tried to place devil advocate. I've tried to even look at, well, maybe it's, it, it, maybe some of these aren't race related, but I'm sorry. In this case, it's, it's bullshit. In my opinion, it's bullshit. Two and a half years. Like, and I, and I don't want to sit here on this podcast and on my platform and keep reiterating the two and a half years, but just think about that. Just think if that was your loved one. Think if that was your wife, if that was your husband who got deported out of the country, out of the country, much less jailed. And it turns out that what he was convicted of, he in no way did. It was a hundred percent falsified, a hundred percent fictitious and fake. And there was no, he did nothing wrong, nothing. And then the person who was behind this, the person that orchestrated it, orchestrated it, is out and can go back. And of course, Ray Estano, Estiano, 
is he's not going to have his life back 100%. But the fact of the matter is he gets to go back to his loved ones. And what it looks like is probably going to be two to two and a half years. And so the police chief in this case, who always boasted about the burglary cases um, and their 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 clearance rate of them, um, bragged about uh, during his his tenure as chief, 29 out of 30 burglary cases uh, were, were cleared. Um, and it looks like as of right now, at least 11 of those were based on completely false arrest reports. 11. So and, and maybe that's that speaks more to the system in, in many cities in this country. Like should should clearance rates even be a thing? Should it matter? Uh, don't get me wrong. You you want as many real crimes to be cleared and solved as possible. We we all want that. But is it worth this? Is, is, is it worth putting this much pressure on the amount of cases that you clear that that a, a, a dirtbag decides to falsify cases and put cases on people who, who do not deserve them? Now, again, we want to be clear. This isn't every police department. This isn't every city. I, I, I would I would like to believe that may that more um, police jurisdictions are not dirty than than are and that's what i i personally like it's just maybe that's just my brain i just need to believe that um but when you see and hear and 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 you watch shit like this it definitely makes you <laughs> it, it makes you wonder it definitely makes you wonder so you know before this i talked about the workouts in st louis now I'm talking about a police chief that has admitted to falsifying cases and it's disgusting and I, for one, I hope that, again, this stuff goes and in, in, it helps push things in the proper direction so we can get some real change. And this is why I say while people are sitting around having their third and fourth discussion about is Kanye lo- lost or not, but don't have a commentary on stuff like this. And this isn't the stand on my high horse because, hell, I mean. Like, of course, I've I've poked fun. I've had discussions about the Kanye thing. Hell, I've talked about it on this podcast three or four times. But it's this type of stuff that we need to shed the light on. It's this type of stuff that we need to be trying to change instead of changing whether Kanye supports Trump or not. This is where we need to be focused. All my all my fellow podcasters that have platforms that are growing. And I know a pod connection ATL was this past weekend and shouts out to everyone there. It looked like a bunch of fun. I plan on being there next year in whatever city it's in. But it's this type of stuff that we need to be using our platforms for. It's this type of stuff that when we all get together and we have discussions that we need to be trying to shed lights on stuff like this. We are all over the world, all over the the country, all over everything. We need to be talking. We need to be having these discussions. We need to be pointing things out like the workhouse in St. Louis to other podcasters that maybe have bigger platforms. And we need to get that stuff discussed on. We need to get that type of knowledge spread, because once we do that, that's when we can get real change going on. The talking about Kanye is cool. The talking about music is cool. I love music discussion. I have a whole podcast based off music. All this stuff is good. And we and we there's definitely a place for that, too. But what we need to be doing is we need this. Like the other stuff should be in the side. We need to be using our platforms to talk about stuff like this.
period, point blank. And if you're not, I'm sorry, I'm at this point now, I can only listen to so many fluff podcasts. I can only listen to so or watch so many TV shows, reality TV shows or shit or just bullshit. I'm just and maybe that's my discontent with this country. Maybe that's my discontent with the world. But I'm tired of the fluff. I'm tired of it. It's fine. It serves a purpose. Yes, it's entertaining. But at a certain point, what is that really doing? Like, it's good. Yes. I'm not saying let's not do it at all. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have it on our shows. I'm not saying that. But we need to be focusing as much on making change in this country as we need to be doing as we try to do with supporting the new fucking Medea movie. As we as we when we sit when we're sitting there arguing about MGK and Eminem, we need to be having these discussions just as passionately as we're having discussions about other stuff that is probably not even going to matter in a year. Because this is what affects our children. This is what affects how we raise our kids. This is what affects the next generation. If we can't change this now, they're going to be dealing with the same bullshit that we're dealing with. The same shit that our parents dealt with. The same shit that our grandparents dealt with. When At at some point, when is enough enough? And when are we going to actually try to change some stuff around here? Because I'm tired of it. I can't do the fluff anymore. I can't do it. And I'm not, like, again, I'm not trying to sound all all mightier than now. Because you're still going to get... We're still going to talk about movies here in the Awakened Soul. Like, it, it's going to happen. But that that's the serious conversation. And, and you know what? I will put myself on carpet here. The Awakened Soul, admittedly, from our, if you look at our first 20 episodes to the last 20 that we've just done. And what, this is episode 70. So we've done 70. There, there's another freaking 30 in between those, those two different sets of 20 I just talked about. I have lost my focus somewhat. And, and like I said, the main dish needs to be these type of discussions. It's not going to be the the movie reviews anymore. That's going to be the, maybe the filler. That's going to be to cleanse the palate, to get ready to jump back into some serious discussion. If I lose a hundred listeners, if I lose a thousand listeners, so fucking be it. But it's I'm tired of it. We can't do the fluff anymore. It can't be the focus anymore. I'm disgusted and I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I have to raise two young black men in this country. And if I'm not doing my part to try to change it, if I'm not doing my part to bring awareness to it, then what they have to deal with, I'm just as much to blame for it, in my opinion, as the fucking crooked cops. And some may say that's an exaggeration, but that's how I feel. I need to prepare those young men to deal with this. I need to give them the tools to deal with. I need to give them the tools to try to change something. And I'm not, I I can't do it anymore. I can't do the fluff anymore. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I've had fun doing it. I've had fun with episodes like Idol Wars that talked about Infinity War. I, I, I love doing that type of stuff, but it's, but in my part, it's a bastardization of what I created this platform for. So there we go. There you have it. The Awakened Soul is getting back on track, period, point blank. And I hope, I hope, I hope podcasts like Social Complex, which I love, continue doing what the hell they're doing. I hope Black Law and Legal Lies continue and stay doing what they're doing. I hope Oversaturated the Podcast, as much as they talk about hip hop movies and everything, like they had a a whole episode, if if it wasn't just a segment, built around like doing your taxes and knowing the importance of it. This is what I need back. This, This is what I need. Extra regular. Who ha- who does the we- the wellness Wednesdays every Wednesday, and it may seem like something that is 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 minute, but it's not. 
That's the important stuff. That's where the magic in what we do comes out in. We can talk about movies all day long and that's good. It's good to, that's what draws people in. I want to draw people in. Like when I always get praised about the music I use in this podcast and that's fine. If the music draws you in, fine. If the, if the stupid idiots of the week draw you in, fine. But guess what? You're going to get fed something else while you're here. We need to feed people's souls more. We need to feed their minds more. And Talking about Tiffany Haddish and Cat Williams, it's fun. It's funny, but we need to feed souls while we're doing this. That's it. That, that's it for this week. I, I I usually try to end it on some fun. I usually try to end it on something silly. I don't have it in me today. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm disgusted. I didn't work myself up into a whole situation. You guys know where you can find me at CEO Hayes. You can also send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The Wake and Soul Pod at gmail.com. Um, it's 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 time, people. It's it's really time to get some to get us back on track here. And I'm going to do my part to do it. I love each and every one. I, I love my listeners. And I talk so much about the the intelligence and the maturity of the listeners of the Awakened Soul, where we have discussions that other people devolve into just throwing shots at each other. We my listeners don't do that. And I love you guys for that. And if I failed you guys by doing too much of the silly shit, I apologize because we're going to get back on track in 2000, the end of 2018, going back into 2019. Um, So I will see you guys next week. I love each and every one of you. Peace. Self-defense of fitness, don't rush the show.